You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Rock, rock, rock and Nicole. Yeah. Rock, rock, rock and Nicole. Rock, rock, rock and Nicole. Oh, once she grabs, she won't let go. Rock, rock, rock and Nicole. Yeah. Rock, rock, rock and Nicole. None of that soft stuff. Rock, rock. None of that heavy metal stuff. Rock, rock, rock and Nicole. Just a little bit of jazz. Rock, rock, rock and Nicole. What do you think? Just I like love that. it. The, because I rock. Thing. You know, it's a rocking <laughs> thing. And no, Lucifer, Lucifer in the chat room um, yesterday sent me a cover. He said, and, and just now he wrote, did you get a chance to hear... Roger Taylor's version of Racing in the Streets. No, I didn't, because uh, you sent it to me yesterday. And uh, but but you know, I finished the show. I got in the car. I raced down to the Hard Rock in Hollywood. It took forever to find my sister. You know, so it was like nonstop. And then when I got home, it was close to midnight because Bruce plays for a long time. And I still had to post yesterday's podcast. So I had work to do. And I was wired. Long story short, no, I haven't heard it yet. But I will listen. I'm still in Bruce mode, you know. Um, And then, so, so I got home, knew I had to post yesterday's show, was still high from seeing Springsteen. An amazing show it was, and we'll get to that. Um, And I realized, you know, I missed the State of the Union address. And I had an interview um, scheduled to pre-record this morning at 11 o'clock. So I woke up my usual 5.30. Thank you, Jackson, uh, my little dog who gets me up whether I'm ready or not. And we, um, <clears throat> I got up, went to, uh, uh, you know, just started to do what's news, because that's the first thing I do every morning. And r- then I had to prep for this interview that I recorded at 11 o'clock that I was going to play on today's show. But then I started listening to the State of the Union address from last night. And I thought, wow, this is this is really good. And then I read a thread on this email list that I'm on with some pretty smart people. And the general consensus was 
that Joe Biden knocked it out of the park with his speech last night. And I thought, okay, we're going to put off this interview. By the way, the interview that I did this morning was with a guy named Neil Gross. He is a former police officer and he has a new book coming out next month called Walk the Walk, how the police chiefs, how three police chiefs defied the odds and changed cop culture. And he has another article in the current issue of The Atlantic um, about a similar, you know, on a similar topic about police reforms, which are sorely needed. And we'll get to that. Maybe we'll do that on Friday. You know, just saying, I'm uh, it's a possibility. If not Friday, we'll get to it next week. We will get to it because it's an important interview. But today, there was so much between, of course, I got to give you my take on the Bruce concert. Um, and yes, and Larry R. in the YouTube chat room just wrote, Summer saying, best State of the Union speech ever. I tend to agree. Okay. So I invited an old friend, somebody who hasn't been on with us in a while, um, but an old friend with whom I share... A Joe Biden story, by the way. And um, Dave Johnson will join us in a little while to sort of explain why he was raving about this speech on this email list that we're on. So uh, Dave will be along in a little while. He's busy right now, don't you know, because he is, um, well, preparing to move to England. Yeah. Um, So, uh, you know, it's interesting because they're moving, he and his wife, to the UK right around the same time that David and I are moving to Arizona. And he's like, well, I'll try. I I think I can do it. But, you know, um, I I, I have a uh, I've got a um, I'm busy packing. It's like you can take a few minutes to do this. So anyway, I so this morning I come in here. I'm I'm still in a fog because I didn't sleep much and I'm still wired from the show last night. And the phone rings in the studio. Now I have a, a dedicated studio line, but honestly, I give out that number sometimes to people that I don't want to give out my personal number to. So when it rings, when that line rings at weird hours, I don't know. Um, I don't know what... Um, <laughs> you know what people are calling about so i screened the call but i just want to share with you i'm in here recording what's news it's before nine o'clock this morning and that my studio line rings so i answered it let me i'm going to share with you just a, like a minute of this phone call because it was it was such a great phone call so this is what happened this morning Again, I'm recording what's new, so I had to pot that down and then open up the phone. Hello? Uh, good morning. Ms. Sandler, please. Who's calling? Uh, this is Mark Tadino. You don't, you don't know me. We have a mutual broadcast friends, guys who used to work at WINZ, Dave Lamont, and those people. Uh-huh. I, I know it's early, and it's, it's wigged out, so if this is you, <laughs> I just want to thank you, okay? Okay. <laughs> because... I wasn't going last night <laughs> until I watched the end of your podcast. Uh-huh. They usually go on a regular basis, and I never call it. It's right. easy, and I was a reporter for 15 years and all this other shit. So I, I, don't, I don't do that. Uh-huh. And I couldn't get anyone to go because of the prices and the timing right. in the middle of the week and all the other crap. So then I saw, I saw how excited you were to go, and I was jealous. I was pissed. Uh-huh. I was like, Wait a minute. This woman's going to go. No offense. You're a wonderful person, and I love your spirit. Please don't change. But I've got the financial wherewithal to go. And I thought, this is idiotic. What am I not doing? Right. So I get in the car about 6.15, and I'm driving down Pine Island Road. My office is in Plantation. Uh-huh. 
and I usually take 595 to go home. And for some reason, the car just kind of steered itself uh-huh. down Pine Island Road. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm like, yeah, let's go see what the traffic looks like. And I made a left all of a sudden on Sterling. I hit nothing but green lights. Uh-huh. I'm still in my work clothes, by the way. Right. And I finally get on Sterling, and I saw the guitar lit up. I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm going to have to try to do this. Yep. I changed clothes in the parking lot, <laughs> and I found a ticket and sat in one, section 113. I just want to thank you. We don't know each other. Well, actually, we probably met a long, long time ago. I know the PD knows guys. Uh-huh. I know the light. Okay, so, so bottom line, this man called me out of the blue very early this morning to say, um, uh, thank you, because I heard you talking about going to see Springsteen last night, and I, I, I was jealous, and I was pissed off, and I, and he went, and he thanked me, and he talked about how... He was brought to tears a couple of times during the show. See, this is the effect. And by the way, when he said, I'm driving and I see the guitar lit up, I have to show you what he's talking about. Chances are you've seen a commercial wherever you are for the Guitar Hotel, the Hard Rock Hotel here in Hollywood, Florida, where the Hard Rock Live is the venue, right? And so if you're watching on the on the video, this is... It's this giant, you can't really tell the enormity of it, but my sister shot this driving into the venue last night from her car. And this is the um, the guitar. Hold on, i got to start the video. So you could see it's the, along the strings, the light is... Um, the, the the message that's that's scrolling says Bruce and the E Street Band, and this thing sits really high up in the sky. You can see this for miles. It's sort of a monstrosity if you don't live near it, but it is kind of cool. So anyway, to Mark, to listener Mark, I'm so glad. Um, uh, you know, uh, you tuned in and heard me uh, talking about the show. I'm glad he went because. Boy, was it amazing. And let me um, use this moment to say, I will give you my take on it at the end of the program. Okay, because I know a lot of people, you know, are probably sick of my talking about Springsteen again. So we'll save it for the end. I do have some thoughts to share and some very rare tape, audio to share. So stick around for that. But now... I told you that I invited my old friend, uh, Dave Johnson, onto the show to tell us what was so great about Joe Biden's State of the Union address last night. Again, I did, I have since watched it. I, I watched it this afternoon because I'm diligent and, you know, I do my job. But I still want to get Dave's take. So, with no further ado... Olson Johnson is right. I say we stay and fight it out. Dr. Samuel Johnson's right about Olson Johnson's being right. And I'm not giving up my ice cream parlor that I built with these two hands for nothing or nobody. Howard Johnson is right. The latest in a long line of Johnsons who were right. Uh, correct. It's Dave Johnson on the Nicole Sandler Show. So Dave Johnson, uh, one of the Johnsons who was correct, um, used to be a fellow at the Campaign for America's Future and uh, other things like that. He's he's a jack of all trades. These days, you see him writing at uh, seeingtheforest.com and is it this is why we can't have nice things.com? No, we no. can have nice oh, things. We can have nice things.com. Ah. I also got two other sites. <laughs> we can have nice things.com. 
Okay, and got I've it. got uh, Imagine Democracy and its counterpart, Government Cheese. <laughs> government Cheese, okay. On Imagine Democracy, I talk about how great things would be if... Only. Can you hear me well? I hear you fine. I, I talk about, am I centered? I'm, I'm on this thing. I'm <laughs> you're fine. You're, you're fine. Right, Here, right. I'll, I'll center you a little Imagine more. democracy. I talk about what things would be like if we had a democracy. And on government cheese, I talk about how the it chronicles the collapse of democracy around the world. How uh. we, asked, we asked for the government to do things to make our lives better, and they gave us cheese. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I mentioned before I brought you on, Dave Johnson, that we actually have a Joe Biden story. Um, one year, we are Which at, Net, at <laughs> Netroots Nation, um, yes. and I don't remember yes. what city it was in. Do you? No, I'm not no, sure. Because they all jumble together. But so we're at a Netroots Nation somewhere back, you know, eight years ago, perhaps, maybe a little longer. Actually, it was 2008. It was the 2008, right? They were, yeah. He wasn't vice president so. yet. He was still campaigning, wasn't he? Well, he was he? vice president then. Oh, he was. So it was after was, 2008. Yeah. Okay, yeah. he was vice president because the Secret Service was everywhere. So ah, right. he decides he's going to speak to this gathering at, at, at Netroots Nation. And so we go, okay, we'll go here, Uncle Joe. And the, the, say the thing was set for 12 o'clock. Well, Joe Biden's notoriously late all oh, yeah. the time. And so we're oh, yeah. in the room by 12. We had to be there. We had to go through three security checks and everything right. else. Right. So once you were in, you couldn't leave because of the Secret Service. Right. And 12 comes and goes. And 12.15 comes and goes. And twelve. And so we're at a table with a group of dirty hippies. And we, yeah. we start taking bets on what time Joe Biden is going to be there. And actually, we have a pool in the center of the table with bills. Yeah. Right? I mean, we were just, I don't, he probably came in, it was at least an hour late. Yeah. So that was our Joe Biden story. And by then, we were all hating on him because we wanted to That's get the hell out of there. That's not only Joe Biden's story. We, More we, happened that night. It did? You remember? No, tell me. What? Oh, well, he started talking. You know, it's Joe Biden. And he yeah. started talking. Yeah. And talking. And talking. And talking. And talking. <laughs> and talking. And, and talking. And talking. How long? Everybody, look around the table. Everybody's like this. And I was like, uh, can we go? So, and we couldn't leave. And he's going, and we couldn't leave. And I uh, I looked around, and I we had a group text for everybody. And I... <laughs> That was going to be there because we, you know, to, to gather us for the thing. That's and I right. texted to everybody, hey, everybody, cheer up. Uh, this is, as I, I know this, I've been to so many speeches. This is the halfway point of the <laughs> Joe Biden speech. And everybody, they're down like this. They look at their phone and they go, oh, <laughs> everybody at the table went, oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, that was that night. It yeah. was, it was, uh, well, it was a long to, day. I don't know how many times I've been in a room with Joe Biden speaking, you know, back when he ran for president the first time. That's a long story. Oh, God. And it's a long do you story want, do you want to hear long yeah. talking. Well, let me give you one other. And uh, David may pop in here because I've never told this story on the air before. But Joe Biden was our wingman on our second date. So David <laughs> and I had met. We, we met on uh, sort of a blind date. We met online on a J-date of all places. And we met for dinner at a restaurant in, in Weston. And after dinner, we decided to go to a movie because we were having a good time and we didn't want the night to end. So it technically counted for two dates because we had dinner and then the movie. See where I'm going. So the next date, 
was that was on a Sunday. On Tuesday, Joe Biden was speaking at the Deerfield Beach Democratic Club. And I like had an in with them because I was doing mornings. Well, I had been doing the mornings on the progressive talk station in Miami until they fired me right. like a the week before the um, the weekend before the Democratic National Convention because they were going to flip South Florida's only progressive talk station to be the right. fifth sports talk ta- sports talk station in town. Anyway, so I, I talked to my friend Bernie Parnass. He's like, "No problem, I got you covered." So I got a pair of tickets to see Joe Biden at this thing, and and David, of course, walks in. Um, and so David and I go, and it's our second date, but it's actually technically our third because, you know, we did the dinner and the movie. So we go, we see, we see uh, Joe Biden speak, and then we come back here. We actually came back to David's house. Now, I don't know what he expected, taking me back to his house on the second date, third. Um, but, you know, we wound up. And Joe Biden was on the couch? And I saw it was Joe Biden was the wingman. He oh. he facilitated he it. He no. wasn't his house. <laughs> no, Joe, Joe Biden wasn't here. He didn't come home with yeah. us. But, yeah. you know, our first official date, our third date, um, yeah. was at, after seeing Joe Biden. Who knew? Well, Joe's <laughs> got these... This this reputation for talking, we, have, we both have. Who don't would tell think her, don't, that he would be an aphrodisiac? I don't know if I told you my Biden story, what's your Biden I'm story? One too. Wait, but, uh, Dave. Okay, David's got to say something. Hold on. If you're going to keep discussing our <laughs> sex life on your show, yeah. then we really need to get the OnlyFans page started already. It, no, we don't, because nobody's going to pay to watch us. You know, go at she it. She didn't say she was discussing her sex life. Well, we it was the first time we had sex. Oh. After seeing Joe Biden, we came back here and it's like, okay, it's technically well, our course. third date. Yeah. Let's What else can you do? Do it. Well, what else? Joe Biden is an inspirational man. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he inspired us. I'll tell you. So, so yeah. So he's got this reputation, you know, you don't you really don't want to go see Joe Biden speak in person. That changed, didn't it? That changed. That changed after he became vice president. Something happened with him, and he got disciplined. Uh, well, I he wouldn't say it. disciplined. I mean, look, Joe Biden yeah. was always known for running off at the mouth. He he has what we used to call verbal diarrhea. He he, it was the gaff machine, and now people are surprised when he misspeaks. I mean, he's always been he, he's been crazy, Uncle Joe. He's the one who jumped the gun on. Meet the Press or one of those shows saying yes to marriage equality before the yeah, Obama him. administration was ready, him. and it pushed them into saying yes. Good for him. Good for him. Good yeah, for him. Right. So, so, so Dave Johnson. Yeah. So this morning I'm perusing the email list that we're on, and oh, much to, intro. to my surprise, I see you talking about what a great speech it was, and I, because you're not. The biggest Joe Biden fan. No, the last time I mentioned Joe Biden on the list, I was, I was <laughs> like, when he said it was irresponsible to get rid of the debt limit, I was like, oh my god, yeah, oh my, you know. But you know, you and I both know we, and we talked about it on your show. Both of us, we were not Joe Biden fans. We were not when he ran this no, time. No, no, no. We were not Joe Biden fans, and we also have talked about after he got into office how. How surprised we were, you know, that this guy was was coming out with a lot of progressive shit. 
Yeah. And how progressive he was. Now, look, yes. today is a well, tough day because today is Ron Klein's final day as the White House yeah. chief of staff. And the guy and, and Ron Klein turned out to be or Ron Klein turned out to be much more progressive or progressive friendly than I expected, for sure. The, 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 he was amazing. He was amazing. The scoop yeah. on this new guy, Zions. Not so much. So, look, we'll see. We'll see. Because because from what Joe Biden was saying last night, he, um, you know, he still plans a a kind of a progressive next few years, doesn't he? More than that. I mean, wow. Uh, When he came in, yeah, we weren't happy. But then he clearly had been working with uh, uh, Bernie and Warren and, and a bunch of progressive people on coming up with a unifying agenda for all of us, which, you know, he got some of it through. You know, a lot of it got really cut back. But remember the original plans. But still, what he's gotten done was amazing. And uh, it's been kind of impressive. We've all been very disappointed by the stuff that Joe Manchin and Cinema forced out of everything. But looking back now, you know, when we're not as pissed off as we were, it's quite a bit. Quite a bit did get done. Yes. Uh, the student the, the student loan deal is an example where he went around. He went around uh, the pundits, the all of that, and he said, no, we got to do this. And guess what? Young people turned out for him in this last election. Yes, they people, did. Young, I say young. People are, what, 45 and 50 and they're drowning <laughs> in student loan debt. That's true. Yeah. So you don't have to For be me, so young, young to still now. have stu- – I know, because we're old. Uh, then again, oh. Bruce Springsteen, 73. Sorry, I'm, you know, Bruce oh, Mote still. Yeah, um, yeah so it, it, Joe Biden is 80. So there's, you know, uh, there's not that big a difference. But anyway, so Dave, what? when did you realize that this speech was going to be different how is this night different from all other nights? How is this speech different from other State of the Union addresses? I wasn't going to watch it. I did. You know, I did. State, how many State of the Union speeches have I seen going back to, I don't think I saw LBJ, but I remember, uh, you know, uh, well, I remember. <laughs> I don't think I, I'm not, I think I saw some Nixon. Okay. So it goes back to that. And then it became the regular thing. I, I became into politics and everything. So you had to watch it, especially when I was working in politics. And it's just this stupid ass pablum pat. Reagan turned it into a show instead of a, instead of policy uh, important stuff, you know, and what we're going to do. Reagan turned it into like a reality TV show. Right. With, and then Donald Trump, the, of course, used it oh, to geez. give Rush Limbaugh the Medal yeah. of Honor. And and McCarthy, yeah. or one of those maggots on the right, said, this is the most partisan State of the Union address I've ever seen. Really? Uh, then I guess you didn't want... I don't want of them night? about last night. And well, it, they say shit. They just say shit. They just say shit. shit. Huckaboo-boo, that's what her response was predicated upon. And and apparently, I didn't watch watch it either, but what I read is her response was written without knowing one word that Joe Biden would or did say. Because she was responding to something that was not what everybody watched before. Yeah. So. Well, so I wasn't even going to watch it. And I, I was eating dinner. You know, I thought, all right. Turn it on, see if it's any good, you know, and I found it. I found it. I, I found it on Roku and it said watch live and I clicked it. And then I realized I was watching Newsmax. Oh, God. 
Yeah, click, click, click. I found it on another one and I watched it there. I was surprised. Yeah. I was shocked. I, I was honestly shocked. I was going to watch, see how it started. And uh-huh. I kind of became like, wow, what's going on here? They say Biden is no malarkey, but I was watching this thing and I thought, there's no bullshit here. Mm-hmm. There's no bullshit. He's just saying how it is. It was just kind of amazing. And and his what he was saying was really progressive as far as what he thinks we got to do. Right. But he did it in a way, as, as I, I, I sent a tweet from someone, I don't remember who on the list, I'm not sure what it said, but he did it in a way that instead of the usual Democrats being afraid, uh, you know, what the reaction will be and, and you know, being uh, careful to try to be as right wing as they can. What he did was he took a progressive agenda and he worded it in populist terms it, very well. He he did a very good job and it was really good to hear. And- but then later... Yeah. He dated the Republicans. He so really well. did. So he oh. first of all, he he did what he needed to do, which is tout the accomplishments of the administration. And especially I don't know if you saw the oh. results of the poll yesterday that said the majority of Americans think that the Biden administration has accomplished little it. to nothing. Like, yeah. what, are you kidding? I mean, it's well, been the most substantial we call that the Fox effect, don't we? Of course. I mean, Americans basically don't get. Don't get their information. You know, their information sources are, are terrible. Now, Horrible. You know? Right. And it's it's literally dominated by the Republicans. And then the, the what we would call mainstream media, the corporate media, you know, those names, ABC and CBF, those main and, and the New York Times and such. They just they just basically fall into whatever the Republicans are complaining about that week. And that's what they go with. So Americans, all they hear, all they really hear is this stuff the right. Republicans right. say? So, you know how many people I know think Obama? There's something called an Obama phone, and yeah, I, mean, I, I know stuff. they believe the insanity because yeah. that's what they get that's from right. the outlets they watch that call themselves news that aren't news. But so that's they think why government we're here. spending is bad. Yeah, you know all these tropes. That, they they think all this stuff. Biden did such a good job of talking about what they've actually gotten done. And not partisan. He kept talking about how we how we're going to work together. We can work together. We're going to work together with some of them, you know. And then he taunted the the extremist Republicans so well, you know, with McCarthy sitting behind him. McCarthy, first of all, was going to work with them. Would not applaud for anything. McCarthy refuses to applaud for the wealthy and big corporations paying their fair share in taxes. I mean, yeah, that especially. He was like. It, it's right. It, it's astounding. And yeah. so um, it, Biden, you know, he he I, I never thought I'd use the word masterful mm-hmm. when talking uh, about, you know, a Biden speech. But he did. He took credit for what he got done and called out the Republicans, but in not in a yes. Trumpian kind of way. So, like, no. listen to this. I want to thank my Republican friends who voted for the law. And my Republican friends who voted against it as well. The infrastructure law. I I still get asked to fund the projects in those districts as well. But don't worry. I promised I'd be a president for all Americans. We'll fund these projects. And I'll see you at the groundbreaking. <laughs> I'll see you at the groundbreaking. And he and he does it with a smile. And well, everybody knows exactly what he's saying. Yeah. And Kevin he's McCarthy. Saying, you didn't vote for it, but you're going to show up and take credit. Yep. And then, yeah. And Kevin McCarthy yeah, sits good. there stone-faced. 
talked about you know working with some he was not partisan at all he he i mean unless you think that being for democracy is partisan that that's their complaint and he right well here's the part he really laid on that this is listen to this this is an inflection point for america with ukraine to democracy or not in this world here listen to this he came on with that and he you know in fact i signed over 300 bipartisan pieces of legislation since becoming president from reauthorizing the violence guns women act the electoral count reform act the respect for marriage act that protects the right to marry the person you love yeah and to my republican friends if we could work together the last congress there's no reason we can't work together and find consensus on important things in this congress as well that's not partisan. That's not partisan. no not at all it's just, i'm just saying we should work together it's considered partisan now Right, folks. right, right. More? Folks, folks, and Donald Trump tweeted. He says folks too much. Sent us a clear message. Fighting for the sake of fighting. Power for the sake of power. Conflict for the sake of conflict gets us nowhere. That's always been my vision of our country, and I know it's many of yours. To restore the soul of this nation, to rebuild the backbone of America, America's middle class, and to unite the country. Okay, so so, you know, Joe Biden's saying the right things and even Kevin McCarthy didn't applaud for that. But then you had the the crazy contingent, the cuckoo caucus, Marge, (laughs) who was wearing her finest fur and feathers. You know, she she looked like a big bird bleached to be a white supremacist uh, with her whatever she had around her neck. Um, She just thought that it was fine and dandy to shout out at him. Liar, you're lying. I mean, a number of times throughout the night. On social security. On social security. Let's talk about that. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Um, Biden said, look, a lot of these Republicans are talking about phasing out social security. He said it. And they are. Yes, they are. And, And he's got some good examples. I got one this morning, though, that amazed me. Mike Lee, they they went to Mike Lee, who's gone. What? What's he talking about when Biden said that? I have, if you go to my Twitter timeline, which apparently nobody can see anymore. Yeah, nobody can uh, see anybody on Twitter anymore. My Twitter timeline this morning, I tweeted out a thing about Mike Lee going, what? What?" And then underneath, they have a video of him talking about phasing out social security, talking about it. I mean, you know, you know as well as I do that that's what these Republicans really want to get rid of is they have to prove government can't work. And the only way they're going to do that is to get rid of the things that work. Right. Medicare and Social Security and the other things. And and they're desperate. Now, and I- you know, they've been as desperate for I don't know how long. Another thing, by the way, I put on my uh, Twitter feed was something I wrote a long time ago. There, the 1983 Heritage Foundation plan to get rid of Social Security. And it's just laid out in writing by them what the strategy will be. And the strategy was, part of it was to convince everybody that Social Security is going broke. Right. And if they can convince people of that, then they'll start accepting privatization of Social Security. And that is why you keep hearing it's going broke. Right. It's just been an attack on Social Security just because they want to get rid of it. And they've said so for so long. And Biden came out and just right there, and then they said, liar, no, he got them all to stand up and pledge that they would never go after Social Security. Yes, he did. Right there. Yes, he the did. Speech. In fact, it, I'll, I'll find that. Masterful. I'll find that in a minute. But I pulled up your your Mike Lee thing. So here, let me share that real quick while I have this um, 
on the screen. And so this is what Dave uh, Johnson, DC at DC Johnson, shared on the Twitters. Ah, it would help if I started it from the beginning. It will be my objective to phase out Social Security, nice. to pull it up by the roots and get rid of it. <laughs> and he's got that look of incredulity on the top as Joe Biden People is. People who advise me politically always tell me that's dangerous, and I tell them, in that case, it's not worth my running. That's why I'm doing this, to get rid of that. Medicare and Medicaid are of the same sort and need to be pulled up. Oh, my God. So there right he there, is he, saying. He just says it. He says that's why he's running, to get rid of it. And he had this look of outrage on it. How could Joe Biden yeah. be saying that's this? They, that's who they are. That's what they do. That they is, say stuff, but they have their agenda. That's who they are. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah, it's it, it's incredible. Now, I'm looking for the um, uh, the part about Social Security where he got them all to basically say that it's off, as he said, off the, I don't know what he said. He meant off the, Not table. On the table. Right. That's, he used a different word that didn't really work. But yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he did that That's a few times. Of course, it's what he meant. Here. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Okay. So this, I guess this is the clip. Here we go. People who advise me politically always tell me what? that's dangerous. Some of my Republicans. What? In that case, what? it's not. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm playing the You're wrong back thing. On Mike Lee. I'm back on Mike Lee. I turn, By the way, you he's go a Republican away. senator now. Mike Lee. Yes, he is. I, I've heard that. I've heard that. OK. All right. So here's Joe Biden. So my many some of my Republican friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it. I get Unless it. Unless I agree to their economic plans. All of you at home should know what those plans are. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Kevin McCarthy shaking his head. No. There's Marge I'll give you a copy with of the her proposal. boa. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, liar, she you. said. No, there she is, I shouting liar. Conversion. You know, it means if, if Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant. Liar, but it's being proposed you're lying. By I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Look. I don't know who that woman is, but. The idea is that we're not going to be we're we're not going to be moved into being threatened to default on the debt if we don't respond. Folks, there's that Michael Lee look of incredulity. So, folks, as we all apparently agree, <laughs> Social Security and Medicare is off the, off the books now. Off right? the books. Not off the table. Off table, Joe. All right. All right. All right. And, and they walked right into it, right? Walked, yeah, that's right. They walked right into it. Yeah. Yep. Now, that's the only policy I think they have, too. They don't have any other policies, do they? They have no policies. You know, in fact, they are talking about they would want to, you know, cut spending to negotiate to raise the debt ceiling, which Biden says he's not doing. But they haven't said what they want to cut. You know? Have you noticed how American media picks up with that and talks about, well, what's spending? What about the cause of the problem? 
What about the cause of the problem? But in 1983, the Reagan strategy was to dramatically cut taxes on the rich and corporations, mm-hmm. raise military spending, and force the government into what they called structural deficits. And the budget director called it uh, all of a sudden. Uh, Reagan <laughs> said, we're going to cut the allowance. Um, um, they're they're going to uh, call it uh, they trickle call it down. strategic oh, str- deficits. Strategic deficits. And okay. then they would, after making these horrible deficits, not so horrible if you understand how money works, but... After creating this, then they would beat the Democrats over the heads about spending. Mm. So it's a ratchet. They cut taxes. Then they say you got to cut spending. Then they cut taxes again. They did it again and again and again. They cut taxes. The government gets cut back and cut back. Then they say, look, government's not working for you. It's a strategy, and it's designed. It's an anti-democracy strategy, and a democracy it's the job of our government to spend money. Yeah. And it's to spend money to make our lives better. And that is democracy, spending the government, our, the, the prosperity that democracy brings, we're supposed to share. Right. And it's been completely hijacked. Everything since Reagan goes up to the top. And this has been, now we're, you know, we're at the end game of this whole thing. Okay. I, you got me going. See, this is. See, I know, I know. But I want to play this another way. What when when Joe Biden pointed out how we got in this particular situation, Republicans they they can't handle the truth, can they? Here, listen to this. My administration has cut the deficit by more than one point seven trillion dollars, the largest deficit reduction in American history. <laughs> Under the previous administration. The American deficit went up four years in a row because those record deficits, no president added more to the national debt in any four years than my predecessor. Nope. Nearly no president. 25% of the entire national debt that took over 200 years to accumulate was added by just one administration alone, the last one. Boom. They're the facts. Check it out. And the Republicans. Check it out. How did Congress respond to that debt? They did the right thing. They lifted the debt ceiling three times without preconditions or crisis. Hello. Yep. They paid American bills to prevent an economic disaster in the country. So tonight I'm asking the Congress to follow suit. To follow suit. And, And, you know. And they, they bitch about that because they can't, yeah. they don't want to hear well, the he truth. Well, doing that, they kept raising the debt ceiling. Yes. Which, uh, by the way, if you understand money. The debt ceiling shouldn't exist. The debt ceiling is basically. Yeah, well, the whole idea of debt, they call it debt. It's not it's debt. It's not debt. We've talked yeah. about this with Stephanie Kelton. I know you're a big yeah. fan of Stephanie Kelton's and a friend as well. well that's, what the, that's what the We Can Have Nice Things We Can Have Nice Things dot com is, is right. about modern monetary theory and the fact yeah. that. It's not debt. We're not borrowing from China to pay these bills. It's complicated. And my eyes roll back in my head usually when I talk about this kind of stuff. But they're using the wrong language. And basically, the federal government prints the money. We have as much money as they want to have. We're not borrowing to pay our bills. It's just, it's the semantics they use. Yeah, right. Right. So, um... Yeah. So at the end, uh, you know, so it did did I didn't I didn't hear. And usually after a thing like this, you know, David insists on turning on Fox to see how their 
reacting to it because he gets a comedic kick out of it. I just get angry. I want to throw things. Um, So I don't know how they responded. Do you? No, I not this time. And I didn't watch Sarah Huckabee either. No, I didn't either. I I, I couldn't. Usually I do. Usually. But but what I I heard was that she was responding, giving the response to a speech that was not given. She was giving the response to the speech that the Republicans generalize a Democrat would give if Fox News was covering the the speech, right? But not what right. actually happened in reality. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because because usually these speeches are this kind of weird pablum they were yep. anticipating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there was another hearing today that I wanted to cover, but with everything else going on, I didn't have a chance. I will get into it tomorrow because this was insane this is the house oversight committee which is usually a very important serious committee but it's populated by the maggotest of the maggots and you had marge q green going off on something and lauren bobert screaming about something and chip i mean this was the crazy caucus and there's jamie raskin saying don't you people read you know, do you understand yeah. anything at all? Yeah. Do I have to spoon feed you? You're doing it all wrong. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but that's what happened. Insanity. I, I didn't. I couldn't. I saw a little bit of it on you know various reports. This but was no. they had former Twitter executives on the hot seat. So you think, oh, they're final. They're investigating what's going on at Twitter. No, this was their first hearing on. Hunter Biden's laptop. Oh, oh my God. Did they God. show dick pics? Did I do what? Did they show dick pics at the hearing? Uh, I don't think so. They might have. But oh. again, I, I didn't have a chance to really go through it today because, I, frankly, I couldn't stop watching Springsteen videos. Yeah. I I'm still you. in a Bruce state of mind. And so, yeah. it, it, you know, uh, no, lack of sleep, still wired from the concert. I'm so glad I went. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. You Have you seen Springsteen? My wife saw him long ago. I haven't seen him. Oh. I wish. Oh, and you know, here, I'll give you a preview of my commentary at the end. I got the feeling that this might be the farewell tour. Just because, look, he's 73 years old. He's still in great shape. the stones. Come on. They're older. Right. So I said might be. And and I think, look, that's not to say that he won't make more music because that's how he breathes. It's not to say that he won't record another album because he does. It's not to say that he won't ever do another show because he will. But I think this is his thank you and farewell because the whole... I'm giving it away now, but oh well. The whole, the the the, the theme, what and of his last album, not counting the covers albums of old uh, R and B songs. His last real album was called Letter to You. It came out about a year ago, and it was well. He he did the intro to this song called Last Man Standing, and it's about the guy who formed the first band that Bruce was in when he was 15 years oh. old, called the Castiles. Um, died recently of lung cancer and bruce talked about visiting him in the hospital and talking with him and just all these memories flooding back and then he got home and got word that that this man had died um um greg thies i think was his name and he said and what i realized then is i was the last man standing from that first rock and roll band i ever joined and it was a lot of reminiscing and in fact this line he uses to 
introduce the song and um, it's sort of, I think, the theme for the whole tour. Here's what he said. 15, 15, it's all tomorrows and hellos. 73, a lot more goodbyes. Makes you realize how important living right now is. If you didn't hear that, let me let me uh, say it for you again. He said 15 when he joined his first band. 15 is all about tomorrows and hellos. 73 is a lot more goodbyes. And it makes it so important. And of course, I'm, I'm screwing it up. Um, that it makes you realize how important living right now is. And that's what it was about. And the songs that he chose were the the anthems. Everything from Backstreets to uh, Born to Run to Thunder Road to uh, Badlands to, I mean, it was like one anthemic song after another. Prove It All Night, Promised Land. Um, it was all these songs that summed up his work. I just felt like it was... His final farewell, even though it might not be the end of it, this is his long goodbye. And, Sounds like it, yeah. And it's something that if you get the chance, you need to see. Now, here's the thing. This, this Ticketmaster um, uh, uh, dynamic ticket pricing shit is bullshit. bullshit. It's just fucking bullshit. Because one of the things about Bruce Springsteen that's always been so great is that he always always priced his tickets reasonably. And in fact, the face value of these tickets is how he always did it. His ticket started at 70, 60 to $75. And the most, the most expensive seat was probably 150, 175. But the way Ticketmaster works is when the demand is higher, the prices go up like airline ticket pricing. So it screwed and everybody Amazon. up. Right. And it was, yeah. and you know, Taylor Swift got a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of, uh, uh, a lot yeah. of um, press on this, and they had a they had a hearing. But I'll tell you, Bruce Springsteen fans are pissed. There's even there's a magazine, a Bruce Springsteen fanzine called Backstreets that has been in operation probably since well, Backstreets is probably since um, uh, uh, a Darkness came out because that song was on that album. They have finally shuttered. They closed their doors, and a lot of it is because people got fed up with the the ticketing thing. They felt betrayed. Um, uh, and I, I sort of did, but you know what? I, I'm over it. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm hoping that, you know, we're moving out to Arizona. And so the second leg of the tour, you know, he wraps up the first leg of the U S the U the first U S leg of the tour in the summer. And then he goes off to Europe. He'll be, I think the last European date is like in July. So then he'll announce the second U S leg and he'll uh, hit Arizona and California and the places that he hasn't didn't do on this leg. And I'll be out there then. And you know I'm going to have to go again. You are. I am. Of, of course. course. Now, I don't know if you saw. Because now you live for today. Live for today. You got to, you got to, you, it's how important living right now is. Yes. And I with heard, that, I heard that, with that, that Dave Johnson, that home. you're leaving Northern California and moving yeah. to England. Yeah. So you're escaping yeah. while the getting is good, huh? My wife is British. Mm. Yes, well, she's now dual citizen here too. But 
Well, you know, we go back and forth. You, you do. You're you, there a lot. You watched me going back and forth for years, but we decided to pull the trigger, and we're doing it. It's a big step. No kidding. It's huge. To, you know, and I have to get a visa. I had to get a visa to be able to do it. And that was a process, I'll tell you. Right. And, Even though you're married to a citizen. All the refugee, hmm? Even though you're married to a citizen. Yeah, even though, but uh, all the refugees from Ukraine, they're handling them, so that everything was delayed. Oh, oh. Anyway, we're all set. We're leaving in April. We're packing right now. It sounds like you're this, further along than I am, but okay. There's so much to do. There's so much <laughs> to do, but we're going, it. and I'll, I'll be on, I guess, and talk to you about it. Cool. Know, but I'll tell you one thing. They don't have guns. They don't have guns. No. So they don't have a gun I culture. Know. They don't have guns. Police don't carry high- guns, right? People on the highways drive Carefully, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> well, you but you got in an accident the last time you were there. Well, or one time recently no, you were there. Yeah, bus, bus rear-ended us big time. <laughs> Not last time, but no, yeah, a couple years recent time. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, so we're yeah we're moving, selling the cars, selling everything. Wow. We're not taking any furniture. We're starting over. Oh, wow. So you're getting rid we of everything. We have a place to stay until we get some idea of things. And but, where? What part of England are you going to? Well, we're going to start. It's going to be right outside of Cambridge. Cool. A little town, little village called Longstanton. But they have a what's called a busway. It's an old railroad track. And they've converted it for buses. And the buses, they get these little things poke out from the left and right side to keep them right in the center of this cement lane. And they whisk you right into Cambridge real quick. Cool. So that's real good. You know, you don't need a car. And Cambridge is a university city with lots of things to see and do. And if Hey, I'm talking to retired people out there because you don't you understand, you know, having some free time. And yes. when we, if we use up Cambridge, you know what you do in England? You hop on a train. You can go anywhere. Out. You can go to anywhere. France. You can go to London. anywhere. When we use up London. Mm-hmm. You can you go hop see- on a train and you're in Paris. Yes, you can so go see Marcy in Wheeler it's, in Ireland. Yeah, it's it's just it's so different. They have a healthcare system. Okay. Well, the nurses are all on strike right now. I know. They, they have a conservative government, and their plan has been to destroy the health care system, ratcheting down, you know, cutting spending here and here, here the same attack on democracy, and shuffling it all to the top. But I got a feeling they're out when the next election. Every poll shows that. We'll see. I hope so. Yeah, but they still have so. a health care system. I, <clears throat> I have to pay for... Uh, Healthcare and what I pay each year because I'm moving there is what I would pay one month here for insurance on Medicare. Yes, I still have to pay. Right. So you know. So right. There, there you, you go. go. All kinds of things like that. Oh boy. So taxes are high. Yes, taxes are high. Do you know of my friends, the Marsh family? They're a singing family. They live yes. in Kent. They have, oh, yeah. a, they have a new song out today. You got to get to know them because they're awesome. And they've been singing a lot about the political scene, what's happening over there. So it's it's getting me up to speed on UK politics. Oh, good. Yeah, I've been starting to follow UK politics. I'll too. send you their latest. I, I may play it a little oh, later oh, if I, I have a chance. About to play it. Well, I was going well, since, to, but, you know, I'm running out of time. <clears throat> and a couple were, of things. Were, yes. Well, you were talking about there was a theme to uh, to Springsteen's yeah. show. Well, there was a theme in Biden's speech. I don't know if you noticed. What was it? The theme was he would talk about all these things that are just starting to happen, and he kept saying, "Oh, let's finish. The let's job. finish the job." That's his theme. Yeah. That was his. He's that running. was his hint that he's running he's again. Running. He's running. Which do you have mixed feelings about it? Because I do. I have some mixed feelings. Uh, you know, I guess we better resign ourselves to it if he's running. He's yeah. old. He is old. And that's, 
that's not a small deal. As great as somebody might be, Bernie's too old to run now. I know. Too old to uh, run now. I know. That's but what happens. That's I what know. happens. That's what know? happens. We get older. But, uh, so I think it's really important he picks a good VP just in case. Yeah, and but do you think, think there's any way he'll dump Kamala Harris from the ticket? I don't know. I don't think I don't he know. could. I don't think he can. She has not proven herself out to be what we kind of hoped. Yep. I think. Nope. I think. Yep. But we'll see. She's we'll see. got good points. Yep. But I think. She hasn't. We'll see, but the, but yes, we have entered the uh, twenty twenty four presidential race with presidential race with Joe Biden. With yeah. let's finish the job. That is going to be his new build. Build back better. Yeah. He oh, won't yeah. say build back better again. He will Good. say let's finish the job. Well, that's all right. Okay, I need to finish. Actually, need to start my smoothie. So, Dave, Dave Johnson, I have a sponsor for the Nicole Sandler show now. Oh, it's good. the Blend Jet Two, and this thing is awesome. So, because I'm going on very little sleep last night, I need an energy boost in the afternoon. So, I'm making another coffee smoothie. So, what I have in here is coffee, a little bit of cacao powder that I ordered. Um, it's like cocoa, but a healthier version of it. It's a superfood. A little bit of milk, some ice, and a little bit of Splenda. And I, I, I packed it all in before the show, came in here, and now I'm if ready. You're about to open the top and then push the button. I have I'm, some advice. No, I'm not. I'm not yeah. First of all, you can't. The blend jet, oh, too, has okay. safety measures. So once the top is open, yeah. you cannot push the button. It won't work. <laughs> oh, you already. You oh, already. my God. It's so good. Um, but these things. What's it called? It's the blend jet, too. If you go to blendjet.com and use the promo code Nicole or sent by Nicole 12. Sent by Nicole 12, you get 12% off on your order and free two-day shipping. And this thing is great. It fits in the cup holder in your car. You can take it anywhere. You can put it in a handy-dandy little carrying thing like a little thermosy holder. And, you know, put in all your ingredients for your smoothie. Go to the gym. When you're done, take it out, hit the button, blend it up, and you've got yourself a great smoothie. There are com- BlendJet. The BlendJet. Blend jet. BlendJet.com is the website. And, you know, you can make anything in this. And they even have a Facebook group sent by Nicole 12. Then you get 12% off, free two-day shipping. And you can make, like, the the best um, smoothies. Hmm. Wow. I save mine for during the show every day so I can tell you what I'm having each day. Again, this is coffee. But I got that cacao, cacao powder. It's like cocoa powder, but less processed. C A C A O, and there's a recipe. You make you, you freeze some bananas. You slice slice banana, freeze it, put it in the blender with a little bit of milk. Slice bananas, some of the cacao powder, and or you have milk, a chocolate right? banana oat milk or almond milk yeah. or any kind of non dairy milk, which is what I do. Well, oat um, milk's the best. Oat milk is good. Yeah, and cool, well, there's something called not milk that's really good that we've been enjoying. That's not milk, but it's a milk. It's oh. it's an alternative milk. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, but I, I'm I'm trying to What's re- it called? Blendjet. Blendjet.com. Promo code sent by Nicole twelve. Enjoy because I certainly do this thing. I I love it. All right. So now that we've done that, Dave Johnson, do you want to stay to hear my comments on the Bruce tour? Um, it comes with a fun piece of history. Okay. Okay. So back in 1986, 1986, November of 1986, Bruce Springsteen 
released that live album. It was live 1975 to 85. The album came out in 86, go figure. And at the time, I was working in New York, in New York City. I produced Jim Kerr and the Morning Crew on WPLJ. Big, big FM rock station, which now is no longer. It's it's a Christian. It was sold and went Christian music. Anyway, I thought you'd appreciate I got to review the Bruce Springsteen live album all those years ago. It's 1986. It's six past nine o'clock. Hello to Michelle and Dorian from Hudson United Bank in West New York, New Jersey. I'm Jim Kerr. I would have liked to have been able to review the Bruce Springsteen five record set for you. However, I've been unable to do that. Nicole Sandler had a copy. Matter of fact, first one off the truck from down at Tower Records. Howard, the cab driver, bought it yesterday morning when the truck arrived and brought it back for Nicole. And Nicole wanted to listen to it alone. (laughs) So uh, since she heard the whole album, I only heard, you know, what we've been playing on the radio. And Mm -hmm. and I like it. I mean, I like what I hear. Uh, But Nicole asked if she could do the review this morning. Okay, what do you you think? I mean, first, I've got to tell you, Nicole Sandler is like the biggest Bruce fan of all time. 1986. Well, I sat there for three and a half hours, Uh listened to the whole thing from side one through side ten. (laughs) And um, I had a great afternoon. I mean, Bruce is the best. Okay. He just is, okay? Um, I love the album, but there were a few problems. Problems? What? A few like problems. That? Well, first of all, Side One Cut One, Thunder Road, my favorite song in the whole wide world. Mm-hmm. From 1975, it was incredible. It was really beautiful acoustic version of it. I've never heard that before. It was great. But if you've heard Bruce do Thunder Road recently, it's just, it's, it builds to such a climax, and it didn't build to a climax. So I think they should have included... The first cut, Thunder Road, which they had from 75, and then, like, the last cut, Thunder Road, from 85. Yeah, okay. That would have, like, rounded it out. All right. Um, Bruce disappointed me. He left out Jungle Land. No, wait, wait, wait. Hold it a second. Okay. Let's let's be honest here. This is a five-record set. Yeah. It is beautifully boxed. Yes. I agree. It comes with a full-color, glossy book. Uh-huh. It has all the lyrics. Mm-hmm. It's got all kinds of songs on it, including songs that were never commercially available right. before. It only cost you nineteen ninety-nine right. with 99. ten sides but they and a beautiful box. Jungle Land. So he left off Jungle Land. That's like the anthem. It's like wait, wait a second. Bruce at his best. Hold it. Do you, do, you want, do you want him to put out a fifteen-record set? Yeah. Or a twenty-five-record? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, now hold it a second. The people who it, it appears to me, the people who criticize Bruce the most are the people who claim they love him the most. Well, because he's not showing his best. I mean, his best. Let, let, me best. let me explain something. He chooses something. what he wants to put on Can his. Can I record. do my review, please? Yeah, shut up, Jeff. Okay, Bruce in concert. Like in the <laughs> earlier years, they should, had all these songs from the earlier years. Yeah. Well, he's a great storyteller, and he's so much fun, and he's funny, and he's warm, and he, that warmness didn't come through. Growing up, he had a he had a nice story, but it was only half of a story because the story about what he wants to be when he grows up and his mother wants him to be an author and his father wants him to be a lawyer, he did that. But he's told another story with that song when he goes to talk to God at the top but, of a mountain because but, wait a he has second. to figure no. out what he wants to he do with his life. He can't put every story that he's ever told <laughs> on stage. This is a great story. It's a much better story than the one they it's had. It's a three Whoa. and a half hour <laughs> album. I mean, I how... know, and it was wonderful, but it could have been better. What do you mean? What was it going to 
be six hours long. You know what this... Pink Cadillac, Jim. He left out Pink Cadillac where he talks about the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve and temptation and, Brody, and, and how oh, New Jersey second. became the Garden State. But he included uh, stuff like uh, Because the Night, which, which wasn't was available wonderful. before. And, and, and Fire Jersey was Girl wonderful. Stuff like Jersey that. Girl, we already heard. It's the same version of Jersey Girl, which was released in the same <laughs> is, That's all, brother. You know what this reminds that me of? That had already been released, so they could have like Whoa. left that off. And put on Jungle Land or put on Prove It All Night or wait, Sherry wait. Darling or For You. Hold, hold it a second. This reminds me of the time that uh, <laughs> that Bruce came out with a dance version of Dancing in the Dark. Mm -hmm. right. And the people who claim to love him to be the Bruce station of all time, the people over at NEWFM, were bitching and moaning to the high heavens saying that Bruce had sold out sold and out. this and that. Can't he decide what he wants his records to sound yeah, like? Yeah, yeah, but, but he could have done more. They could have charged much more for this album, and he chose not to. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he... I love Bruce. I think he's the greatest, but I wish he would have, like, consulted me. Bruce fans are never happy. There's never enough of that man for them. It's 10 past 9. This is Power 95. Oh. Anyway, that was uh, November of 1986. Yes, Jim Kerr is now on 104.3 in New York, uh, Q104. Hi, Jim. Hi, David. <laughs> Had you been inhaling helium? No, I was just young. That was 1986. And I, I hadn't come into my voice yet. <laughs> you hadn't gone through puberty? I guess. <clears throat> I was just young. So there you go. A, a blast from my past. But here's the thing. I have seen Bruce Springsteen in concert at least 25 times over the years. Probably more than that, but I just haven't kept count. I'm saying easily at least 25 times. There were a few times that I left the arena thinking that if that was the last Bruce Shaw, Bruce Shaw I ever saw, I'd be satisfied because they were so good. But then he tours again, and I'm so there. But this time it just felt different. Like I said, Bruce is still Bruce, the same guy with mostly the same band, definitely the same, <clears throat> excuse me, passion and energy. I first saw the first time I saw Bruce was in Lakeland, Florida on February 16th, 1981. And I only know that because you can go to setlist.fm. And I knew it was when the river came out. Uh, I saw him in Lake in Lakeland, and I I just pulled up Bruce Springsteen, Lakeland, Florida, nineteen eighties, and it gave two shows. It was the fifteenth and sixteenth of February, and I know I went on the sixteenth because on the fifteenth he did Fire, and I never saw him do Fire back then. So I remember. So I went on the sixteenth, and and I could see the set list. Right, I walked out of that show. Literally saying, I remember saying it, this is the closest I've ever come to having a religious experience. That's how I felt. The energy, it just, it just, it just permeated. I wasn't a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. My boyfriend at the time was. And he said, you got to come see him live. And I walked out of there a convert. I, 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 and that was, you know, the, I saw, first saw Bruce 42 years ago. Almost exactly to the date. Uh, well, it was February this month. Uh, for some reason, Bruce is always in Florida in February. Just works out that way. But last night, I just walked out of there thinking that this was Bruce saying his farewells, his thank yous and his goodbyes. And it was emotional. More than a few people have mentioned being brought to tears by the opening strains of Backstreets or Thunder Road. The guy who called me this morning, he admitted later on in the call that when, it, when Roy, Professor Roy Bitten on the piano, launched into the beginning, the opening strains of Backstreets, 
he st- he started tears started coming down, and then when Thunder Road. Obviously, it was like the waterworks. Well, for me, the tears came when Bruce explained the story behind the song Last Man Standing. And in fact, the whole last Ishri Band album that I was talking about before, Letter to You, is about, I believe it's his swan song. It's not to say, again, that Bruce won't put out more music. It's how he breathes. But I think he wanted to say thank you and goodbye on his terms. Letter to You is his letter to us. It's found in the body of his work from Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey, which was released January 5th, 1973, 50 years ago last month to today. So that feeling that I got in addition to the usual exhilaration and joy was that feeling of being satisfied. Like after a great meal, when you've eaten just enough, you could still have more, but then you'd be bloated and stuffed and uncomfortable. Yes, I could. I still have room for more. But if that was the last bite, I can walk away happy, satisfied, and with a giant shit-eating grin on my face. So, Bruce Springsteen, thank you. And and yes, when you come back for the second leg of the U.S., second leg of the tour, and you hit Arizona and California, you better know that I will be there some way, somehow, um, because, baby, we were born to run, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) so there's my 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 springsteen not a review because look i learned my lesson by doing a bruce springsteen review back in 1986 on the radio i can't do that because you know but wow yeah wow so i i did not you know i shot a bunch of little video clips I was too busy bopping around and dancing and my phone was shaking all the time. But I did run one full song because I know it's my husband's favorite and he didn't get to go. He's he's not happy. My sister took me, so he didn't get to go. So I thought what I would do is leave you guys today with, and it'll probably get me copyright violated, but the thing is these videos are all over YouTube. You can see all the songs from this tour, from the four dates that they've done so far, there's only been four shows so far. He started in Tampa, went to Atlanta, then Orlando, and then Hollywood last night. Um, they're all over YouTube, and they're not taking them down. So YouTube, you better not copyright violate me for this, but I'm going to go out with a song. You have to forgive my um, my camera work because, again, I can't sit still Um you know, and just hold a, 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 the, the phone up to shoot still video. I got to move. Don't you have to move, Dave, when you're at a concert? Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, so yeah. Um, now I just got to find where I, where I posted the, the song. So we'll vamp for a minute. Uh, but I'm going to leave you with the one song that I, I've, I took video of in its entirety. David, you're back. Yes. Yes. I don't know if you happen to see my response to yes. your post of this, that your camera work, the shakiness was genetic. Yeah. I've seen film done by your father and it matches what he did. Yeah. My father in the old days of, of the old, you know, uh, uh, 16 millimeter millimeter films with the, the big light things on top of the camera where there yeah. was no sound because that's how old I am. So. Anyway, uh, you're ready to rock out with some Bruce from last night? Okay, so this was, you know, he played for almost three hours. This is the longest show he's done so far. He went on at 7.45 and ended 
wait, he went on at 7.45 and ended at 10.35. So just shy of uh, three hours. And they didn't go off for an encore they, and come back. They didn't even do that whole charade. They said, thank you. And then he came back out and did the next song. So because they added a couple in from the set list. So anyway, this was near, well, the end of the main set before the encores kicked in. They had just finished Dancing in the Dark and introducing the band. And this picks up right at the end of the band introductions. So, and I'll leave it from here. Uh, Dave Johnson, thank you. You're welcome to stay and watch because it's pretty epic. Um, but I'll talk to you later. Find Dave Johnson on the okay. Twitters at DC Johnson. And of course, seeingtheforest.com, wecanhavenicethings.com. Um, and Government cheese and imagine democracy. Government cheese and imagine democracy. And now, <laughs> let's, That's where I rant. <laughs> let's rock. Take it away, Bruce! Miss Florida, Hollywood. You've just seen the heart-stopping, cash-dropping, earth-shocking, hard-rocking, booty-shaking, heart-breaking, love-making, Viagra-taking, Viagra-taking, fucking legendary E Street Band.
and the E Street Band. They don't get any better than that. They really don't. All right, with that, we're done. Thanks for bearing with me. (laughs) Um, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, And now go on YouTube and just look. Uh, Watch Kitty's Back. Watch, Watch the whole thing. Watch all the songs. They're brilliant. All right, with that, I'll leave you with the news. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you tomorrow. It's time for Nicole Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. President Joe Biden delivered his second State of the Union address on Tuesday night, telling Republicans that he wants to work together instead of, quote, fighting for the sake of fighting. Biden hinted at his expected announcement of a re-election bid with numerous references to finishing the job. Health care, the economy, police reform, veterans and infrastructure made up a large focus of his speech. Despite his repeated calls for bipartisanship, Republicans behaved, well, as we expected them to. And they seemed unembarrassed by their juvenile outbursts. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, looking like a bleached white big bird resplendent in feathers, had several outbursts during the address. She screamed that China was spying on the United States when he mentioned competition, and she yelled about China during his riff on combating fentanyl. 
She screamed when he talked about raising the debt ceiling. She called him a liar and worse. Speaker Kevin McCarthy appeared to try to shush her and the other similarly rude Republicans in the crowd, but they didn't seem to pay him any mind, as you'd expect. Now, I was unable to watch the speech due to the last minute offer of a ticket to see Bruce Springsteen. Some things take precedence. So I'll defer to the Washington Post for some key moments from last night's State of the Union address. You know, we're often told that Democrats and Republicans can't work together. But over the past two years, we've proved the cynics and naysayers wrong. We're building an economy where no one's left behind. Jobs are coming back. Pride is coming back. Now some members here are threatening And I know it's not an official party position, so I'm not going to exaggerate. But threatening to repeal the Inflation Reduction Act. As my coach, that's okay, that's fair. As my football coach used to say, lots of luck in your senior year. Make no mistake, if you try anything to raise the cost of presenting jobs, I will veto it. The climate crisis doesn't care if you're in a red or blue state. It's an existential threat. We have an obligation, not to ourselves, but to our children and grandchildren to confront it. A lot of you at home agree with me and many people that you know the tax system is not fair. It is not fair. Some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Let me give you anybody who doubts it. Contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. My administration has cut the deficit by more than $1.7 trillion. The largest deficit reduction in American history. Under the previous administration, the American deficit went up four years in a row. Let's recognize how far we came in the fight against the pandemic itself. While the virus is not gone, thanks to the resilience of the American people and the ingenuity of medicine, we've broken the COVID grip on us. But what happened to Tyree in Memphis happens too often. We have to do better. Give law enforcement the real training they need. Hold them to higher standards. Help them succeed in keeping us safe. Ban assault weapons now. Ban them now. Once and for all. If we don't pass my comprehensive immigration reform, at least pass my plan to provide the equipment and officers to secure the border. And a pathway to citizenship for dreamers, those on temporary status, farm workers, essential workers. Congress must restore the right that was taken away in Roe v. Wade and protect Roe v. Wade. Make no mistake about it. If Congress passes a national ban, I will veto it. Putin's invasion has been a test for the ages, test for America, a test for the world. Would we stand for the most basic of principles? Would we stand for sovereignty? We stand for the right of people to live free of tyranny? Would we stand for the defense of democracy? There's no place for political violence in America. We have to protect the right to vote, not suppress the fat fundamental right. Honor the results of our elections, not subvert the will of the people. We have to uphold the rule of law and restore trust in our institutions of democracy. And we must give hate and extremism in any form, no safe harbor. To the United States of America, and there's nothing, nothing beyond our capacity if we do it together. God bless you all, and may God protect our truth. The Republicans' response came from Arkansas's new governor, 
Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Moving along. The death toll from the devastating earthquake that hit Turkey and Syria on Monday is now past 11,000. The World Health Organization warning that that number could double once all the rubble is cleared. Meanwhile, freezing weather conditions are further endangering survivors as more than 100 aftershocks have struck the region since the initial magnitude 7.8 quake. Temperatures already freezing are forecast to fall several degrees below zero today. Scattered showers and snow are also expected to continue, putting the lives of those trapped underneath the rubble at risk of hypothermia. The U.S. Navy released new photos of sailors recovering the suspected Chinese spy balloon that U.S. fighter jets shot down over the Atlantic on Saturday. The recovered debris is being taken to an FBI laboratory in Virginia for analysis. The investigation remains ongoing, but U.S. intelligence officials believe the balloon is part of a broader Chinese military surveillance operation. The Chinese, of course, say it was just a weather balloon that drifted off course and that its path over the U.S. was an accident. Sure. The House Oversight Committee today has Twitter executives in the hot seat for their first hearing on Hunter Biden. I kid you not. No, the hearing is not about Twitter and the shenanigans going on over there lately. No, it's about Hunter Biden. Yet ranking member Jamie Raskin said he'll squarely focus the hearing not on Hunter Biden, but on January 6th and the former president. Part of his opening statement will read... Quote, in the lead up to January 6th, Twitter allowed Donald Trump and countless MAGA extremists to use its platform to spread the big lie, disinformation about the election and incitement for civil war, race war, insurrection, revolution and mob violence. Sounds like fun. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and the Nicole Sandler show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is listener supported and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com and please click on that donate button.